A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. Welcome to the Barry Podcast, where the lore hounds your guides to choosing a Fast and Furious film to drown out violent crimes in your vicinity. I'm John. And I'm David, and this is our coverage of the HBO original series, Barry. In this podcast, we'll be giving an overview of Season 4, Episode 7, A Nice Meal. For early and ad-free access to our podcast and exclusive content, subscribe to the Lorehounds at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. We're coming up on our one-year anniversary, and we'd love to hit 100 subscribers by the end of July. Everyone at the end of July who is subscribed is going to get a very cool limited edition thank you gift. Uh, Stick around to the end of the podcast for more notes about that. If Patreon isn't something you're interested in, but you still want to do something to share your appreciation, maybe consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Go to our show page, scroll to the bottom, click on the stars, leave a comment. It doesn't even have to be a full sentence. Um, The ratings and reviews really do help other people find our podcasts, and it helps us produce more content. A quick reminder that for this season of Barry, we're doing a short form recap. So if you have comments on anything we didn't discuss, send us feedback for the next episode. Send emails to lorehounds at thelorehounds.com. Or head over to our website, and there you can either use our cool, nifty voicemail feature or the plain, vanilla, boring contact form. Uh, You can also post a message on our Discord server. We've got a very active community, lots of fun folks chatting a lot about different shows. Um, There's a link in the show show notes and uh, also on our website. All right, David, give me your overall thoughts for the penultimate episode of Barry. I have what it did. Did uh, uh, Bill Hader they did, like somebody crack him over the skull and they're like <laughs> dumping out all the weird, uh, strange cinemophile, you know, thoughts and fantasies and dreams? And it, it, this is a this is a show that I would never have expected to go in the direction that it's gone. I think we said that on the last couple of podcasts yeah, yeah and it keeps going that direction and i'm like lordy um but it's excellent it's horrific it's hilarious it's visually beautiful uh some of the decisions that he is doing like the the steady or the 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 locked off cameras you know with the very fixed you know, they, 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 they set up in the uh, kitchen 
right? And they're just there. The camera doesn't move. Yeah. All the action yeah. is, is on the actor. Um, it's, it's a really brave thing to do in this uh, modern day of having steady cams and the snap zooms right. and, and all of that stuff. Right. So I'm I'm really glad he's sticking to his his uh you know whatever his visual style language is. I really like to see it in this full form. The 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 color palette is really interesting. It's a very desaturated look to things, which makes it very simple and also gives it this gothic horror tone to it. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh well oh what was I thinking? Sarah Goldberg as Sally yeah. is yeah. killing Brilliant. it in this, just incredible. So yeah, I whew, I don't know where the show is going to end up. I don't know how we're going <laughs> to end up. I have a theory though. I don't know when we can get to it. The did you hear the end credits? Yeah, there was a uh, audio a whole, track a whole thing. Yeah, a whole thing yeah. from the football game. So I wonder, and I listened to it uh, with the subtitles on. And there's a few things in there that I was wondering if those are, are, are those little hints that he's dropping for Could the be. finale? I Could don't know. Be. Why don't we save that for the end? Okay. So where are you at? Because you're a big Barry stan. You have been for a long time. I love time. Barry. Is this yeah. show doing what you need it to do for you? Yeah. I mean, again, I would not have predicted any of this came Nothing to happen. of this. By the end of the episode, I was like, what the hell is happening? And yet it was great, right? I mean, right, exactly. But, but that's the kind of twist that you want. You look back and you're like, oh, that makes total sense. Because I was thinking last season, you know, it doesn't really make sense that Gene got away with taking $250,000 and nobody said anything. Nobody mm-hmm. caught that he paid in cash for a house. Right. Um, but I guess uh, somebody was paying attention. Jim Moss was. Well, eventually. And, uh, it took him a minute. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting to see this finally come to fruition. I think a lot of threads have been running for a long time and they're finally getting tangled mm-hmm. and they're finally coming. It's a good way to end. put it. Instead of, instead of becoming untangled, they're getting right. tangled. Yeah, for sure. Right. And also I got to say, I think Bill Hader is a brilliant actor. Yeah. I, I love everything he does with Barry. I love everything he's done with that. Anything I've ever seen him in SNL, uh, the skeleton twins, excellent movie. You know, he, he has such a range but I'm almost more excited to see his future as a director and mm-hmm. a writer than right. I am as, as an, an actor. actor. I think that he has a huge future in showrunner kind of careers. Mm-hmm. And I'm really he, excited to see that. Wasn't he, I don't know where I heard this, uh, and I may have mentioned it last episode. Isn't he a bit of a film buff? Yeah. He, yeah. And he grew up just consuming a lot of film uh, and so, and the, yeah, I think I did mention this in a previous podcast and then it was easier for him to become, to get into TV than it was into to film. Yeah. Well, so, do you yeah. know, do you know how he got found? No, not at all. It's a, it's a really good story and I would recommend, okay. I'll find a link to it and I'll link it. Uh, I think it's called In Bed with Nick and Megan. It's uh, Nick Offerman and Megan Mullally who are married. Okay. Uh, they do a podcast from their bedroom where they call people (laughs) from their bedroom and they just interview them and they interviewed him. And apparently Megan Mullally went to a, a community theater, not community. uh, It was, it was like middle tier theater, you know, Um, middle tier theater things where Nick Offerman's brother, her husband's brother um, was in a cast and Bill Hader was in that cast 
And she said Bill Hader just blew her away with his performance. Uh And she called Lorne Michaels that day. Mind you, she had never spoken with him before. She had no relationship with him. She called him and said, hello, it's Megan Mullally. I need you to hire Bill Hader for SNL. And he goes, "Uh, who are you? But fine, he can come for an audition. (laughs) And that's how he got on SNL is Megan Mullally went to her brother-in-law's show and happened to see Bill Hader. It was complete luck. That's that's wild. And there's a there's a yeah there's a way that you get on SNL you know there right. are approved pathways right. for you to audition and do, and do all these right. things and Lauren Michaels I mean lord that guy has how much talent has he yeah you know shepherded yeah. and fostered and found and have put in front of him uh so yeah if some rando calls you up out of nowhere right. and says this person <laughs> yeah. yeah that's amazing well, she did have a decent amount of pull. You know, that was the peak. You know, she she was big in Will and Grace. She had okay. she's had a big career. She's had a big career in comedy, especially. So I think yeah, uh, that's true. she had some weight to throw around and she right. did so on behalf of Bill Hader, who she had never met before this right. thing, you know, which right. is incredible. Uh but yeah, so I'm I'm glad that she made that call because boy oh boy, are we in for a treat with this finale. It'll be curious to see which direction Hater breaks, too. Does he keep yeah. going into television? Will right. HBO, you know, I mean, obviously we have a, a writer strike that I feel is going to um, go on for a while, which is yeah. Uh, yeah. a little bit nerve wracking for all the, the folks and, you know, all the creatives and all the, the grips and the gaffers and the food truck folks and everything like that. It's really yeah. going to suck. Uh, it's going to really hit a lot of people because these studios are... Yeah, that you know they don't. But never be... fear, folks. We've diversified. We <laughs> we're doing books and video games. You can't right. even get enough of it. Well, anyway, that said, yeah, we're. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see which way he breaks: cinema or TV or both. Does it matter anymore? Right. I don't know. That's a good question. Right. So yeah, but I yeah. want to see more from from him as a director, as you say. Definitely as a showrunner and a director, I'm I'm definitely into it. Well, let's see next week if he can stick the landing. For now, Ooh. why don't we get into the episode? Well, I hope he's got more than one rocket in his in his launcher. It's, it's going to be a thirty-five minute episode, so okay. <laughs> I have no idea how they're going to wrap it up in thirty-five minutes. But that is I, so I short. Well, I was happen. just like, well, they're normally thirty minutes, and he's got an extra five minutes, so yeah, right. that's going to be amazing for Barry. Right? <laughs> I mean, could you yeah. imagine an hour-long Barry? That would be. <laughs> I mean, I would love it. I it would break my brain. No, I, I, I think I think they could have done with longer episodes, but I appreciate that Bill Hader sticks to his guns. Right, right. He's yeah, and just being able to pack that much into such a short time frame—it's incredible. Right. So, okay. All right. Let's get to it. Let's get into our plot lines. I've got four here. I tried to do it in three, and again, it was Couldn't just too it. much. I think yeah, we've yeah. got four threads going for the rest of this series. We, did, so we adapt to the with, story. Yes. Yeah. Yes, what, it's, it's up to the story. So let's do Hank and Fuchs first. Mm-hmm. Hank hires the <laughs> Fubox which is the four ultimate badass killers to kill the Raven gang only to receive their heads back in boxes. The Raven and his merry men debate how to best shield Fuchs's girlfriend and her daughter from traumatic experiences with fast and furious. Hank takes matters into his own hands and unsuccessfully shoots a missile at Fuchs's house, which leads to a shootout on a mission to appease Fuchs. Hank kidnaps Sally and John outside Gene's house and tells Barry to come meet him. Wow. What a, <laughs> what a sequence. Uh, I like the fact that uh, Hank's 
staff are very budget conscientious. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, but you apparently know, hey, on the wrong things. Right, I meant exactly. Office supplies. <laughs> uh, the way he was holding the rocket with his you know, little <laughs> fingers and stuff. That was brilliant. That was a really excellent way to uh, bring these two forces into direct yeah. conflict, but then have a indeterminate resolution from it. So there's a scene, and I'm not sure exactly which one it is, but um, uh, Hank is in the office, and he's talking to his two henchmen, and he does this really great body turn where his shoulders twist, and then his head twists, and then he walks forward. And Anthony Kerrigan's presence in this character is so phenomenal. Yeah. And he is charming. And hilarious uh, with the corporate speak, the the quip of what does EOD mean? Oh, by end of day. And he's like, well, you're not special forces like, you know, these guys are or something. And it's like, no, Hank, that is like a normal corporate, (laughs) you know, acronym. Um, And so they're playing the line between the corporate and the gangster and the sort of almost naive, kind of like unaware of certain business practices. And Kerrigan's performance just is so masterful at at capturing that complexity. And even to the point of Hank is so damn charming that he makes friends with some little old lady who lives down the canyon from from where this gun battle happened. It's Mrs. Phoebe. (laughs) Let's be nice to her. (laughs) And he's all beat up and everything. And she's, you know, completely lovely to him. And so it's, did you notice that the cola that she gave him ends up with John at the end? No. (laughs) (laughs) Cause you know, he keeps trying to pass it off. I guess it just ended up with John. Oh my Lord. So poor John. Yeah, and yeah, so just just great stuff. Uh, I don't know what did you what did you take away from this uh, this part? There this was something line? that was said on Reddit, and I don't know who. Sorry, but it really highlighted to me what makes Barry special. And they said, yep. think about how this was the same kind of car shootout scene that we saw in season one with Taylor and the other uh, combat buddy with Barry. Uh-huh. You know when they're when they're driving up super fast and and Taylor gets killed and they're all in this like horror situation. And uh, that was like a, a horrible terror situation and everybody's scared for the characters. And yet this is basically the same thing happening. And it's a comedy because right. of the way that they framed it. Right. Because you have this phone call happening between Fuchs and Hank <laughs> where <laughs> Hank is just freaking out and Fuchs is like, you're next. And uh, just him like dodging bullets and jumping off the hill. I mean, it's so funny. Meanwhile, it could have been terrifying if you were close up with Hank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is the brilliance of this show is it can be dramatic when it needs to. It could be thriller when it needs to, and it can be a comedy when it needs to, all with the same set pieces. It's incredible. And I love that Bill Hader is able to turn these scenes on their head and sort of use it as a prism, right? He's he's got his little prism and he keeps turning it and letting you Mm -hmm. see the different ways this scene can look from different angles. Right. And it's the same thing of last season. Remember, there was that chase with the bikers and Barry's, you know, on top of the the car sales lot and it's it's a mass shooting right there's a there's a shooting at a public place it's terrifying in real life 
and they have this comedy routine of where'd he go? And this guy comes out with a gun and shoots the biker. And it's 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 crazy. This show is does such a good job of just making you laugh at violence in a way that right. feels natural. But then you right. go, oh, I just laughed at that. Right. The head, the forehead scenes. Why do I keep yes. opening these boxes? And then yeah. we get to the last guy and he's like, oh, even in death, he's still a looker, right? He's so, still a fox. Uh, right. That's I, the line. He and had the, another great line about that guy. Yeah. The which, guy the guy yeah. goes, 500 confirmed kills. He goes, make that 501. One. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Right. And here we have, that's it, right? You know, there's a, the Foo books, right? Yeah. They're, they're you know, <laughs> wreaking death and destruction on the world. And here Hank has a crush on one of them and right. plays it up all sexy. Right. And so we have in this moment, comedy, romance, and sort of horror all thrown into one. The boxes with the little blood-soaked, stained corners. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes. Right? This is a great yeah. visual reference. That's horrific. That is yeah. Terrible! There are bo- there are heads, human heads, in those boxes, leaking all of their bodily fluids into the bottom of that cardboard on right. that desk. And yet, that scene is hilarious. And yet, I don't know if it's the most funny scene in this sequence because no. the scene of arguing over which Fast and Furious movie <laughs> to show great. these women really <laughs> so that they don't get traumatized by beheadings. And it's what great. What was that? Fast and Furious just dropped, right? The yeah. the, the, the most recent yeah. movie is out, so that was a perfect. I don't know. There's I don't know how. There's no way they could have timed that that way. It had no, to been, no, uh, no. I think it just was. Well, I think all franchises that are continuing, that's a pretty safe bet, right? But that it opened this weekend, is, yeah, uh, yeah. is a big deal. No so. way they could have timed that. You're right. And the so and again, going back to the the camera technique, the cinematography technique that he's got. He sets those guys all up there perfectly in that frame. The camera doesn't move. Yeah. And so it doesn't give us an excuse to just be distracted or look somewhere else. It's not drawing our attention anywhere else. And so we're just left with, have you ever done one of those exercises where you just stare into somebody else's eyes and you just yeah. get, yeah. Yeah, I, so yeah like I've that. been to a fair. Okay. <laughs> I've been to an been art on, convention. <laughs> you've been on the subway in New York City in uh, rush hour. Oh, you don't make eye contact. On no, the subway. you do not make eye no. contact. No. Thank God we can wear masks now without shame yeah. on the New York City subway. Anyway, the you know, we're we're left just to confront everything that is there in front of us. And so all of the the comedy, all of the drama has to come from those people. There's nothing right. else to distract us. And so to see the raven with his wings. You know, yeah, uh, oh, that's you know, a good point. In the middle, yeah, and he's got that big bird yeah. chest, uh, uh, a tattoo on his chest, yeah. And then when the dude pops up and he's like in Spanish and he's like, "Look, you guys are arguing over stupid stuff. We've got to focus on, yeah, on yeah. on on his 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 love <laughs> here and her daughter. Right. Like, what? Right. Knock it off with Fast and Furious, right? But the the one guy who had the idea of why don't I go take them out for a nice meal. <laughs> He was right in the end because yeah. they, they load them up into the suburban. And they're gone. All. And all of a sudden they're they're back and uh yeah, Have you ever the bombing been happens without them. In a business meeting where you've had that sort of like, well, we should be brainstorming, but nobody's quite comfortable and you know, you get these awkward suggestions that start <laughs> side fights and it's like yeah, I've yeah. I've been in that corporate yeah. meeting before. So they're really playing with that whole right. organizational structure stuff at the same time. Yeah, and again, it's just this thing that Barry does where it 
makes you look at a criminal situation as normal people because they right. probably are normal people in a lot of their interactions. They just are doing heinous things right. with regular situations. I loved the rocket shot to at the house. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it just life goes astray sometimes like your best <laughs> intentions don't always you know land and well so i don't know if that beautiful. was the best intention i think that was well there were you pretty, know what i mean pretty bad intentions there your focused <laughs> intention yeah what yeah, you, what you yeah. want to achieve just doesn't happen so that was that was brilliant uh so yeah all all good stuff i i'm really curious to see where we end up with uh with fuchs and fuchs has become a real he's a threat. real dangerous character now yeah yeah He's, which is he was always surprising kind of bumbling because, before wasn't he yeah he was always a joke he was always mm-hmm. just incompetent waiting for barry to do something for him or lucking out paying somebody offering to mentor somebody something like that he would always right. he was a talker he was a good talker right but he was a terrible criminal crime, crime lord. yeah a crime boss yeah yeah well, eight years of prison changed him. Why don't we see what eight years on a kibbutz did to Gene? <laughs> Go for it. After publishing a website dedicated to stopping the Barry movie, Gene receives a call offering Daniel Day-Lewis to come out of retirement and play him. Meeting with the agent, Gene learns that Mark Wahlberg is interested in playing Barry, but doesn't want to play a cop killer. After defending Barry's character, Gene is brought to an intervention where Jim Moss and the prosecutor accuse him of conspiring with Barry to murder Janice. Wow. Did you see this coming, David? No. And I love that the way that they, uh, they did that, how they dangle Daniel Day-Lewis in front yes. of Gene is what yeah. gets him to, to change his mind. That was so yeah. inspired. And I heard there was some news about Daniel Day-Lewis just the other day. They're really, what it you was. know, they're becoming the Simpsons. They're just predicting everything. <laughs> He's so, well, I don't know how, yeah, um, Hater must be, he has the pulse or he has a sense of Hollywood to such yeah. a degree that yeah. he's able to write these jokes and they're not far off the mark. Right. So, um, and I love the comment about, you know, the the whole, you know, Hollywood is a whore sort of thing that has been a, yeah. a constant yeah. trope uh, that's been used. So he you know, pulled that one out and, and, uh, and what happens to Gene? He, you know, you dangle the right thing in front of him, the right Right. shiny object in front of him and he crumbled. Here's what I really liked about Gene's downfall. Mm -hmm. And again, he didn't do anything wrong other than take the money. So I I don't love that he's actually being accused of conspiring in the murder, although he should get a penalty for taking $250,000 quiet. But what I love about Gene's downfall is that he had two opportunities to do right by his students and avoid the situation. One, he could have picked up Sally mm-hmm. and not right. gone to the meeting. Right. Two, he could have recognized his student who was paid to be the fake agent. <laughs> right. And so both times, his vanity and his unwillingness to put others in front of himself and his his lack of true caring for his students is what led to his downfall. Interesting. I didn't think about that. That's um so his time on the kibbutz and doing his little meditation and stuff, it's superficial. Yes. He's sort of calmed his outward demeanor. Right. But inside he's still this the same uh, uh vain, shallow, uh ego driven person. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He learned nothing. Right. Like most of the characters in this show. So in your description, you call it an intervention. Yeah, I well, I mean, he walks into the room. It's a it crime is. intervention. <laughs> it's hilarious. I didn't even think of it. I love your description of it. Because they're all sitting there. It's not, you know, slap, slap, put the cuffs on, you know, right. you have the right to remain silent. You know, he's not being charged. But yet, their law enforcement, the district attorney, the police chief, you know, they're, they're all staring at him saying, but they don't have evidence. They're I like, guess. what an asshole, basically. Right. <laughs> so wh- I, where does it go with him after this? Well, they do have evidence that he took He money had $250,000. So yeah. Right. He was at least an accessory after the fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they but, could do the money. They, you'd have to trace the money. Right. Yes. But I but how easy is that? He bought a house with it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's totally And he easy, has his son right? testifying. Already his son's involved and his son is saying, right. Yeah, I you wouldn't tell me where the money was from. Clearly this was it. You have the reporter uh who Gene told he he took the two hundred fifty. Now Gene has said in front of the prosecutor he took the two hundred fifty thousand and Barry said to Jim the two hundred fifty thousand. Right. Um it's and I do like that the reporter thing came back. It wasn't just you know, it, it wasn't just a one-off. It was, right. he got it's some information out of him, part. he needed to corroborate it, right. and he finally did. And I, and real estate transactions are, are one of the most well-documented yes. sort of transactions yeah. that you can have in right. modern life. Yeah, so that's easy yeah. to find the money. Um, you know, I've been in, in a room with Mul- uh, Mark Wahlberg twice. Oh. I did this weird side gig where I would go to press screenings on the East Coast for foreign journalists. This guy in LA would have me go because he didn't want to travel because of family okay. reasons. So I was his stringer. That's sort of, I think, the, the, the quasi-industry term for what I was doing. And I was in a, a press room. I was with like three or four other reporters and we were with uh, several people from, oh, what was the uh, Navy SEAL movie that Mark Wahlberg was in around, about Afghanistan? Um, I know very little about Mark Wahlberg. Okay. Anyway, and so we were, we interviewed, you know, it was a press, you know, you, we would jump from hotel room to hotel room interviewing different pods of, of the actors. And then I was on another one, what was actually on camera. I, I still have the memory card around somewhere. It didn't air, but I was just doing the interviews. Yeah, so it was with Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell for Daddy's Home, the really bad comedy <laughs> about, you know, oh, the boy. divorced dads or whatever. So yeah, I had this weird opportunity twice to interview Mark Wahlberg. And uh, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> was he a nice guy? You know, these are press junkets. So yeah, they're, yeah. So they're already cranky. Be, yeah, they're cranky, but they have to be nice. Uh, having them put the thing about Wahlberg not wanting to play a cop killer. I was like, oh yeah, that's totally on point. That's I could totally see Wahlberg yeah, yeah. doing that. And then the guy that the the actor who was playing the agent was like, uh no, in fact he's actually afraid of the forest. <laughs> You've got to come yeah, to his hotel. Yeah. Brilliant. Really, he's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> and and he did a really good job. He did, yeah, it was perfect. So I think that's pretty funny too because Mark Wahlberg just starred last year in Uncharted with uh uh Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. And that is entirely in like ruins that are forested. So okay. if <laughs> if Gene perfect. had any idea what Mark Wahlberg had done recently, 
and right. had not been so self-absorbed, he might have caught that too. Caught that line. I did like the line though that he's like, "Is this Tony Danza trying to prank me?" Uh, that's a good <laughs> deep cut. That's a very deep cut from back from Happy Days days. Oh, okay, I didn't yeah, catch that. Uh, yeah, Tony Danza uh, played uh, Chachi uh, in Happy Days, and uh, he was a cool kid uh, that was around uh, Richie Cunningham. I think he, did he. He was dating uh, Richie Cunningham's sister, if I remember. All right, we're getting out of old man mode. <laughs> hey, man, this is, your, this is your legacy. This is your television uh, legacy. I don't want here, that. So. What yeah. I want is Sally and John, and I want their story. Let's move along, then. Arriving in L.A., Sally asks Gene to pick her up from the airport, but he goes to meet Lewis's agent instead. Sally and John arrive at Jean's empty house, and Sally reflects on going back home to do the same thing she's been doing. Seeing a police officer, she attempts to turn herself in, but a hallucination prevents her. After being kidnapped by Hank, she asks Barry for help. This hallucination, I think that confirms that what we saw last episode was a hallucination as well. I was getting... I I didn't check too wide of a media scope but certainly on our discord server there was a couple of folks who were confused yeah i think as as i was uh, on the initial watching of this so yeah yeah, this definitely confirms in my mind that sally's having a having a real hard time separating reality uh her reality from her you know uh it's kind of like the the raven i guess the the um, Oh, who is that author? Come on, David. My old man brain is getting bad. That's the, right. ri- the knock, knock, <laughs> knocking, the, the heart underneath the... Yeah, yeah, Edgar Allan Poe. Thank you, Poe. Um, but it, it's kind of like that. She's got this guilty conscience inside of her that is warping and bending her perceptions of reality. Uh, and she's so disassociated. She so hates being a parent. She's so... Yeah, she does. <laughs> right. How much... You know, what kind of buzz is she writing on? Well, you know, maybe she, well, she wasn't drinking too much on the flight over, but um, she had been back home. So, Okay, so let me ask you this. Was she uh-huh. going to take John with her if she went with the police officer? Well, or I think, was yeah. was she going to hope that he was going to stay with Jean? No, I think, uh, I think he was, she was going to turn herself in and, and it, they would all get scooped up and, and, you know, go into the system as it were. Uh, mm. and, and sort of end the nightmare. Yeah. And, uh, you know, John probably, you know, put into foster care and sent off and, and all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's such a shame. I mean, I think, I don't think they have any evidence to link Sally to anything. The only thing that she could be, you know, getting, getting into trouble for is staying with Barry, but the, the murder, it wasn't even murder. It was more self-defense. And then maybe she took it too far, but it was more self-defense with the uh, the killing that she did in the season finale of season three. I don't think they have evidence of that. I mean, Barry successfully hid that body. I don't. We haven't seen any reason to believe that they found it or that they linked it to his apartment or anything like that. Yeah, he um, would have to go. She would have to go. Um, she'd have to give all that evidence, and they'd have to find something real. Yeah. They'd have to find a blood stain or a yeah. weapon or From something like that. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, she's tied up with with Gene Cousineau and and Barry, and they're both highly wanted yeah. and sought after. Yeah. So yeah, she'd get pulled into it. I don't know where they would end up, you know, right. 
Honestly, with, with someone like her, they might have her be a witness and, you know, basically plead to nothing, plead almost nothing in exchange for being a witness against the other two. Link them right. To the that's, that would be a good way to, to angle it if you were yeah. a prosecutor. And maybe that's where we'll end. And maybe Sally's fate is to, her punishment is to be with John and just to uh, <laughs> to live her boring life. <laughs> I She clearly, clearly is not... Ca- She's putting no effort into being a parent. No. And is but will she change actively. if she gets out of the habit of relying on Barry? That's the question. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I have I, very I little hope so. for this kid. She's sh- and or nor Sally. I don't see a redemption pathway for Sally out of this. We've yeah. seen her her family life, her her mom and dad. Her professional acting career is over. Yeah. Um, and she's got nothing and Barry, and that's it. So where where does she go from here? What what's her pathway out of this? I don't I don't see where there is a pathway. No. What a shame. Well, unless she becomes bleak. like a HR, you know, trainer for uh Noho Hanks uh, corporation, right? <laughs> Doing <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. leading seminars and in terms of effective communication among uh gangsters in the in the corporate world. Well, let's see if Hank gets to ride off into the sunset like uh, like he wants to in this finale. Right. All right, let's close it out with Barry. It's a short one. In an interrogation-induced dream sequence, Barry admits to giving Gene $250,000, confirming Jim Moss's prior lead from the journalist. Barry escapes his imprisonment and calls Sally only to be connected with Hank. Hank tells Barry to meet him at an address. Here's my question to you, David. What address did he give him? Did he give him the corporate address? That's did what... He give him- Fuchs's address. Uh-huh. Oh, I like that. I didn't even think about that. My first thought was to the corporate address, but the, you know, I, that was the first thought, but then it didn't I was like that doesn't make sense. But having putting Barry and um uh Fuchs in a direct collision course, that's a smart play on Hank's part for sure. Because hope, hopefully Either you know one taking out the other, or canceling each other out. You know, you know, or in the process, you know, one is so wounded or or ruined. Yeah. So no, that's I think that's a smart play. Yeah, um, I could see it going two ways. I could see either he sends him there as basically an offering to Fuchs, mm-hmm. or which is what Fuchs wanted from the beginning, right? And and he did say. You know, we're trying to appease Fuchs now. That's their goal. Right. Now. That's the phase. That what phase of the war are we in? We're in the yeah, phase Fuchs, of whatever the, whatever the fuck <laughs> he wants. He said, he yeah. Wants. Um, yeah. So that's one option, and the other is send Barry to him. He goes, well, maybe I can just get Barry to take these guys out. Mm-hmm. But I, I think he's kind of done with that. I think yeah. he's kind of done with that style. He uh, does not trust Barry anymore. So I, I like the idea of him going to Fuchs. And yeah. uh, I think that they're much more evenly matched than the last time they met. So I'm really excited to see that showdown. I do hope think, it's emotional. I hope think, it's not just a fight. Right. Yeah. Rather. Yeah. Like th- there's actual confrontation and there's actual yeah. resolution. Yeah. Um, do you think Hank would call Fuchs to say that Barry's on the way? Get ready for him. Um, or would he just send him there? Good question. I don't know if I were if I were Hank. I might just send Barry there and say, well, whoever wins, I'm going to pretend I was on their side. <laughs> well, it, we know that um, 
Barry, prior to this, had a single mission, which is to to kill Gene. Right. And I think he, the only thing that he would want to do now is save John. Yeah. So and Sally. I do think he still cares for Sally. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, John would be his priority. Sally would be number two. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we're, we'll have to see what how that all starts to shake out. So, yeah. All right, David, any other thoughts on this episode before we head into our last couple sections? Yes, I made a very bad mistake just a few minutes ago, and I'm trying to stave off the inner the okay. volume of email that we will get. Somebody Tony, probably already sent one. Yeah. Yes, it's already done. The email is already on its way, uh, unless you have the undo feature in your Google Mail or something <laughs> like that. Um Tony Danza was in uh, w- his big television role was in Taxi ah. as Tony Banta and Chachi was played by Scott Bayo and I confused the two but you can forgive me because they have very similar hairstyles and they're both swarthy men of the 70s and the 80s so in my my addled brain, in my tired brain state, I confused the two. I apologize to anyone who was unintentionally riled up or uh, sent an email. <laughs> you know, so, I'll never forgive you for besmirching the good name of Tony Danza. <laughs> you didn't even know who he was. I didn't. <laughs> so I think uh, with that last thought, I think we can wrap it up. Very cool. All right. So we have no feedback this week. Nope. And that's a shame because this is the penultimate episode. But you've got people one more chance to get in. Yeah, I know. People People are watching. People are listening. So I hope people will write in for the finale. I yeah, would that'd be love great. to hear people's thoughts on the and, conclusion of this show. An entire series wrap, too. Uh, not just uh, uh, season four, but the entire right. uh, four seasons. So yeah, right. send us your thoughts. Yeah. Again, uh, lorehounds at thelorehounds.com, or you can head to thelorehounds.com. There's a contact form there. You've also got a voicemail feature, so you can just chat with us. If you if you don't want to type, that's fine. You could be like Barry. Remember in season three, he's <laughs> he's in the store. He's just reading text speech. I, f- I feel like you could do that. That would be fun. That's right. All right, David. Let's do our Patreon shout outs here. You want to give it a shot? Sure. Uh, Samartian, Cyrus, Mark H, Michael G, Michelle E, David W, Brian P, Nick W, SC, Peter O H, Bettina W, Adam S, Nancy M, Lavinia T, Duve seventy one, Brian eighty sixty three, Frederick H, Sarah L, Gareth C, Eric F, Matthew M, Sarah M, and DJ Miwa. Thank you all very much for being Lore Master Patreon supporters. Thank you to all our Patreon subscribers. Yeah, I don't know. We say this every time and we continue to say it. Your guys' support uh, helps keep the podcast uh, wheels turning. Uh, Everyone who is a subscriber at any level uh, through the end of July uh, will get a special commemorative thank you sticker. Uh, I'm just about to put the final touches on the draft. And once we have that, we'll send out a... uh, Email to everyone. We'll probably post it on our website uh, so for folks to take a look at. But if you are interested in supporting us, we're trying to get 100 subscribers by the end of July, our uh, one-year anniversary or one-year birthday, if you want to look at it that way, is July 11th. And it would be, really be a great thing for us to uh, break through that 100 subscriber barrier. So uh, more on that later. But again, thank you to everyone. Yes, thank you, everyone. 
So let's do some programming notes here. We've got just a week of May left, but we've still got more coming at you. Uh, we just recorded and released uh, The Tombs of Atuan, our third book nook episode on the second book of the Earthsea cycle. Yes, that isn't that with, confusing. <laughs> I know. Third a second episode, copy second of The book, Second yeah. Will. If, you've, if yeah. you've watched The Grand Budapest Hotel, that's a big joke, and I always think of that when I list too many numbers. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, we just released The Tombs of Atuan podcast with Marilyn Arpukila. It was two hours and ten minutes in the final cut. How was the edit for that? Was that long? It was It was not a short edit, but it was not too bad either. <laughs> okay, good. And, we're getting better. Uh, we're getting yes. more professional. Yes, we're getting we're getting a little a little speedier on those edits. But anyway, uh, it was a great conversation. I mean, we talked very deeply about like patriarchy and and second wave feminism, right? <laughs> in this book, I mean, it was it was so it was so detailed. I really enjoyed that conversation, and it, it went like several layers deep into this book. Nice. And uh, I hope you enjoy that. We're going to keep going on that series. We're definitely going to at least do through book four and maybe beyond. I just saw a Discord message a little while ago. Somebody said, "Hey, could you please do the rest of them?" I think I think maybe. Um, also, MC Universe is back in town again. Coming up. Uh, next week uh, with Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse prep. Uh, you, David, are going to be talking with John and Alicia uh, about the new uh, Spider-Man movie. Yes. And what, what's going to be happening in the Spider-Verse multiverse. I don't really understand what's happening in that universe. But Have uh, you seen you the first movie? I have not. Dude. Oh, my lord. I have not seen it, and I have heard people consistently say, it's the one of the the best animated movies. It's the best superhero movie. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's great. You know, it'll you know. And I was always thinking, well, it'll be top shelf MCU. Yeah. No, 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 no. This is next level. This is an, an completely wow. different. Wow. This is minor leagues to major. This is T ball to you know World Series baseball. It is an right. entirely different right. level of show. The animation style had blew me away. I just watched it the other day in prep for this, and I because I had never seen the first one. Uh, it is phenomenal, and so I am super hyped for Across the Spider Verse to see what they do, given the time and the budget and the creative license that they have to be able to to take this out. So, uh, Jean and Alicia and I are going to talk about the first movie. We're going to talk about Spider Man in general. We're going to talk about some production details and what we know about the upcoming movie. So it's, it should be a good podcast. I'm really looking forward to it because both uh, Jean and Alicia have. Uh, Alicia knows a lot of the more modern movie stuff. Jean is deep in the comics, so I think it's going to be a really uh, interesting conversation. So cool. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple more notes for the rest of the month. We just brought on a new network affiliate, Alicia, and we are very happy to have her. She's doing a weekly podcast on Silo, the new science fiction dystopian weird Mystery show box. on Apple yeah. TV+. Plus. It's so good. It's so weird. I can't wait to find out what's going on in this Mystery Box show. Uh, it feels like early Lost. You know, we're we're really we got a lot of threads going, and we got to figure right. out where they're going with and, like uh, Chernobyl and Westworld, yes, elements yes. as well. So yeah, yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. And Alicia and Luke are doing a great job breaking that down. So please head over to their feed. It's in the show notes if you want to check it out. Give them a rating and review. Give them a listen. Uh, we are very happy to have them. And uh, lastly, next week we're going to have an episode of Silmarillion stories out. 
we're going to be reading of Eldamar and the princes of the Adalia, which uh, say that 10 times fast. <laughs> I cannot. And we are having Aaron from Lore of the Rings. That's another Tolkien podcast on to talk with, with us about that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm really looking forward to catching up with everyone on the finale of Barry, the, the whole deal finale, the whole show finale Do of you, Barry. It's crazy. The end of May, uh, Barry, White House Plumbers, Ted Lasso, Succession, Yellow Jackets, they're all ending all yeah. together at the yeah. end of May. Yeah. It's bizarre. So, but yeah, I think we're going to spend some time with that podcast. So definitely send in your feedback for the series, for the season and for the series overall. Yep. All right. We'll see you next week. The Lorehounds podcast is produced and published by The Lorehounds. You can send questions and feedback and voicemails at thelorehounds.com slash contact. Get early and ad-free access to all Lorehounds podcasts at patreon.com slash thelorehounds. Any opinions stated are ours personally and do not reflect the opinion of or belong to any employers or other entities. Thanks for listening. A new Star Wars journey begins in the place all good journeys begin. At, well, the beginning. This Star Wars Day, I'm excited to introduce the new Star Wars Canon Timeline Podcast, where we will piece together the complete story of that galaxy far, far away, in timeline order, from the dawn of the Jedi through the great unknown following the sequel trilogy. This is a podcast for both Star Wars superfans and complete newbies. Listen to the short intro episode now to hear how it works and what to expect over the coming weeks as we set the stage for the new television series, The Acolyte, which we will be covering with weekly breakdowns. Subscribe to the Star Wars Canon Timeline podcast wherever you listen to take part in one of the most epic and expansive stories ever told, following all the twists and turns from start to finish. May the 4th be with you all, all month and beyond. <laughs>